Hello, and welcome inside the void with me, Spacey Ghost. What is the void? It's actually not dead. Wow. Shocker. So actually, this is my anime slash whatever podcast that's been dead for like months. And I am so sorry, friends. I'm so sorry, everyone. So what the hell happened? And what the hell is happening? That, that's basically what this little snippet's gonna be about. I call it a snippet, but it's probably gonna be like two hours long. And that's with editing. Basically, my job position switched. And with that, it's just been really hard to get like a really solid time to like record one of these. All the times I've had open to like record one of these, People are, like, making dinner or, like, playing D&D and it's like, ah, loud noises in the background, oh no. And I get to do it with my fancy new mic. How are y'all liking my fancy new mic, huh? I don't even know if it makes a real difference, but we shall see in the editing. <laughs> so what, what have I be, been doing? What I be doing? Excuse me if this gets a little rambly. I just came home, no one else was home, and I'm just like, fuck yeah, <laughs> let's actually do this. Let's actually sit down and record. So it's like semi, semi-planned. I have topics, I promise, on a sticky note that I hastily wrote down before recording this. Um, I'll tell you what I've not been doing, watching anime, <laughs> which is what I'm supposed to be doing for this podcast. But I don't know, I just, it's, it's not that I don't like anime, it's not that I don't like what I do. I do enjoy, like, dissecting literally everything in, like, a massive digestive period. But, like, when you have a list that takes up a whole sheet of paper and only so little time to actually sit through things, especially things that maybe are gonna be complete garbage. Like, I'm down with watching garbage. Having to sift through garbage on a limited amount of time. I kind of lost a little bit of motivation there for that. So apologies, I haven't been just screaming at the top of my lungs lately over like, what the hell, how is this on television? Why do people want this kind of thing to exist? I do have to say I did finish Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer I'll still 100% recommend. I'm probably repeating myself, but whatever. It's a really good shonen anime if you're not into, like, the flashy kind of shonen stuff. Which, there is still flashy moments in this, but it doesn't feel as over-the-top. It doesn't feel as, like, ridiculous. It feels like there's, like, a weird slow maturity kind of vibe with this show. And I don't know if that has to do with its kind of, like theme, like the era. I forget off the top of my head what era in Japan this like takes place in, but I feel like um, also it gets a lot of inspiration from like the traditional style art, especially when it comes to the attacks, which I think makes everything look unbelievably gorgeous. And I, I just love the dynamic between the two main characters, like, the brother and sister, about how he'll do, like, anything in his power to, like, protect her and to, like, bring her back to humanity. And even though, yes, she is mostly just sleeping in a box <laughs> for most of the series, like, she's not 100% helpless. She still kicks total ass. 
she's still there whenever like he needs her because like sure he has a kick-ass sword but like he's still human he's still vulnerable but i don't know other than that i haven't been really in the mood to like deep dive as i typically do with anime i did start my dragon ball journey i don't know why i just had an urge of like okay let's see what the fuck this dragon ball shit's about and i'm starting with the og dragon ball like little kid goku dragon ball and holy fuck is everyone horny in this one i am going into this knowing absolutely nothing besides goku is goku <laughs> like i know vaguely about the legend that they pull goku from the journey to the west and I know, like, because it's anime, they're like, oh, he's not a god. He's some kind of weird alien thing. Because for some reason, when they want to use gods, but they want to avoid them being gods, it just turns into alien shit. Um, I also know Vegeta and Bulma get together? Question mark, question marks. <laughs> Which sucks to know because I really like right now Bulma and Yamcha. Excuse me as I boot cat away from me. This is probably really telling like where I am in the series, but I really like how everyone has like their own wish to use the Dragon Balls for. And Bulma's like, oh, I really want a boyfriend. And Yamcha's like, oh, I want to stop being nervous talking to girls. And somehow even without using the dragon balls they like both manage to get their like all-time wish i think that's really fucking cute and romantic and i'm gonna be sad when they break up but like seriously going into it there i had no idea there was gonna be so many naked parts there's gonna be bulma in like some kind of weird playboy bunny outfit the amount of times I see little, little baby Goku with, like, his full penis out. I say full, but it's, like, a centimeter <laughs> because he's a child. Like, I was expecting the opposite. I was expecting, like, oh, yeah, Dragon Ball is just a little kid thing. But then Dragon Ball Z, oh, that's where the serious, like, ooh, spicy shit comes into play. But no, Dragon Ball Z is actually, like, Y7, I think. I think. Well, the one beforehand, Dragon Ball, is fucking TV-14. But so far, I am really enjoying it. I, I have to be careful, though, when I watch it. Like, I can't watch it with my roommates. Because I have roommates who, like, have seen Dragon Ball in its prime. And they know things that I don't. And I'll be watching it, and they'll be like, Oh, isn't this where blah 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 happens? Or like, oh, what about blah blah blah? And I'm just like... Guys, we are currently in the middle of figuring this out. Please don't ruin this for me. I know it's gonna take like literal years for me to actually finish Dragon Ball in its entirety, but but I'm here. I'm here for it. As much as I complain about the random like, uh, I was gonna say prude, but I, I mean the opposite of that, lewd, the lewd aspects, I, it, it's a fucking trip. It's a fucking ride. And I can't wait, because a lot of people were, were, and I say a lot, I mean mostly my roommates, were just like, why are you starting at Dragon Ball? Dragon Ball shit, just, just start at Dragon Ball Z. But the thing is, I want to see some fucking character growth, okay? 
I want to watch Goku right from the start, and I want to see him progress and grow as a character and learn all this shit along with him. And then I can't wait for him to grow up. I can't wait to see him and Gohan or Piccolo and Gohan. I know... I, I, another thing I know is that there are a lot of jokes about how Piccolo is Gohan's real father, but I haven't gotten to that yet. But I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to even get into Super, because I guess Super is, like, really insane. I've seen a snippet of Dragon Ball Super, like, in a manga. Not, like, you know, on TV, not animated. And I've seen the Resurrection F movie, which I guess leads into Super. I don't know, all I remember is um, a lot of badass fight scenes and weird space cat people that I guess are mentors for whatever reason. Basically, I just am excited to see everything come together and to finally know the things and to witness classic like arcs without knowing anything about them. Like Cell Saga, like... Um, the, the boo, Majin Buu stuff, like, without knowing, like, literally anything about it, going in firsthand. Right now, I am only on season two of Dragon Ball, which honestly is kind of dragging out. They're doing this thing with, like, this weird tower in this, like, snowy area. I don't know if it's still supposed to be Japan. All I know is that the tower is filled with bad guys, and I don't really care about these bad guys. They're like the Red Ribbon Gang or something. And I'm just like, uh, I, I just I just don't care for them. So I am slowing down on my trek through Dragon Ball. I'm hoping if I just force myself to get through this arc, then I can actually go to like the good shit. Speaking of anime, uh, you guys have no idea how upset I am. That it's so hard to watch the current Pokemon anime. Like, the art looks so good. The premise is so good. I love how they're kind of keeping in with the Alolan art style. But it also seems like it's a bit more mature, I guess, in a way. Than um, what they did for the Sun and Moon anime. I don't know if mature is the right word I want to say about it. But it doesn't look as cartoonish, I say, as it's a cartoon specifically for children. Like, I know that all of the episodes, they're being uploaded to um, the official Japanese Pokemon website. Not website, I meant YouTube channel. But <laughs> I'm a poor American boy who doesn't know how to understand Japanese. And the Japanese YouTube channel doesn't have English subtitles. And I know most of the people are watching it through, like, bootlegs or, like, sketchy anime sites, but I don't want to go through like sketchy anime sites and potentially getting viruses just so I could watch Ash Ketchum and his new um, non-binary date person. I say is they're only 10 years old and the most they'll be doing is probably holding hands. Um, as awesome as the new Pokemon anime is, I don't think it's worth getting viruses. So I guess... I'm just gonna sit here and be sad and wait for them to catch up with the dub, which takes for fucking ever. With, especially with how Pokemon is. I wish they had uh, whoever produces it here in America. I'm assuming it's Disney. 
because I think it's on Disney XD. I haven't watched cable in ages, so I don't know channels. I could be wrong. The last time I checked, it was Disney XD. It would be really great if they had, like, in most anime streaming services, if anything, maybe even, like, a day after they, they keep up that closely with the dub and the sub. It would be also great, since they have Disney Plus now, if through Disney Plus, if you could watch, like, current episodes of the Pokemon anime dub, ex- again, not exactly in real time, but if anything, maybe, like, a day or two, bef- like, after the sub happens, that would be really great, and also a good way for Disney to, to get my money, <laughs> and not just mooch off a friend. The thing about this current season is that you you know for for sure that there's going to be continuity with it since they're going to be going back to like previous regions. It's not just the one fantasy Europe. And even though I haven't seen much of Go, I think Go is a fantastic addition to um, Ash's typical like companion slot. Also, it'd be great if we went back and saw the other companions. I don't know if that's happened yet, but I really hope it does. Because I really like all the plot shit they were doing with, like, Ash and Serena. I like how she actually mattered and wasn't just the girl character that tagged along with him. Why, 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 why is it so hard? Why is it so hard to give us the Pokemons? I'm so jealous of everyone out there that can understand Japanese or is brave enough to actually throw viruses in their computer. Speaking of Pokemon, I've been playing a shit ton of Pokemon Sword and Shield. Right now I am finished with the main story. I'm in the middle of post-story. I've only stopped because like, I don't give a fuck about these ugly ass twins. (laughs) I'm keeping that as vague as possible in case people don't want spoilers, but I think it's, it's safe to say that it's okay to do spoilers. Um, I am digging the hell out of Sword and Shield. I don't care what controversy, blah blah blah. I've already talked about it before on the channel. You all already know I don't care. I just am here to have fun. The character customization is great. My guy looks exactly like me, and I love it. Like right now, my character guy, not that it really matters, he's literally wearing like, the exact varsity jacket that I wore through a good chunk of my high school. And I can't wait for the expansion pass to happen because the new hairstyles, I think I saw one that looks more closely to, like, how I want my hair to be instead of just the gross default hair. Also, I mentioned, like, oh, who gives a fuck about max raids? Well, guess who does actually give a fuck about max raids? Yeah, this guy. This guy. Most of me playing Sword and Shield, on top of, like, the plot and stuff, mostly I'd just be sitting around and be like, hey, I wanna fucking, like, do some raids. Also, raids are a good way to, like, catch Pokemon without having to, like, run around in grass and, like, trying to decipher which exclamation point is gonna give me the good boys. I appreciate how they made a change where it's like, oh yeah, sure, we'll have Pokemon in the real world visible in the grass and chase after you and make a mini horror movie out of it. But also, if you want the good shit, actually hunt through the grass. Like, it makes me actually want to, like, go through the grass instead of, like, screaming the entire time as I hope nothing, like, makes me pause in the middle of my running. 
I hope that that makes sense to y'all. I realize I'm rambling still. And I enjoy how they're doing expansion DLC instead of just releasing brand new games <laughs> that cost at just as much as the original. Like, one, that saves a lot of money, and two, it, it just makes more sense. I mean, I didn't play Ultra Sun or Ultra Shield, but it didn't make sense. Sure, there's cool new shit that happens, but like, most of the game's still the same, so why even buy and play it? Also, it made me feel bad for buying the original game right away, because like, if you're just gonna redo it with new shit, then why, why not just wait for the new shit? Why, why'd I buy the game in the first place if you're just gonna come out with something a year later? I really hope they continue adding more DLCs and more characters and more Pokemon. I don't know how I feel about the new Legendary. And by new Legendary, I forget its name, but like the weird deer looking thing with like the huge ass head. I don't know how I feel about that Nightmare Fuel. But I enjoy the new Reggies. I enjoy the new Galar versions of the original Legendaries. They all look fucking sick. And also, I love the new sword rival. I think she's a poison rival. She reminds me of um, a character in Demon Slayer with like the butterfly motif and everything. I wish she was in shield though, because I don't give a fuck about this uh, psychic rival with like the fucking tall ass top hat. It's so weird. No, please, just, just let me have the one girl. Now. I'm not a huge Bug-type fan, but can I please? You may want to sit down for this. Let me tell you about our Lord and Savior, Scorch. I've never expected to fall in love with Scorch as much as I have. <laughs> Going into Pokemon Sword and Shield, I expected, you know, to fall in love with Wooloo, to be an absolute Wooloo stan as everyone is. To raise my starter, Sobble, and love and care for him as much as he needs the love and support. Shed those tears away. Um, what else? Um, Eldegoss. Fantastic. I, I've always been a huge fan of dandelions, even though growing up people would be like, oh, those are just weeds, they're not flowers. Like, I thought they were still, like, cute as hell, even in dandelion form. So to have a Pokemon that is basically based on dandelion fluff and stuff, I thought that's really cute. Also, of course, I love ghost-related things, fucking poltergeist, I should say, I should clarify. I fully expected that to be- I mean, poltergeist is a fave of mine, but I expected to be, it to be, like, higher on my rankings for Sword and Shield. I even, like, way before the games even came out, there's an artist I follow that made a cute little poltergeist t-shirt that says spill the tea on it. That is one of my favorite shirts now, and I don't think you can get it anymore. <laughs> so I'm glad I snatched that up when I could. But um, who would expect this fiery centipede would be my pride and joy? Like I said, I'm not that big a fan of bog type Pokemon, um, with the exception of Joltik. But that's only because Joltik is so small and tiny. <laughs> Like, literal, like, baby spider-sized and is all fluffy. 
And there are a few moth Pokemon that are pretty cool, but I wouldn't consider them like among my top my top faves. Send a Scorch, man. The moment I first saw it during Kabu's um, gym challenge, gym trial, whatever that's called, whenever you defeat him, forgive me if I'm losing my words <laughs> and how to say things. That's just my MO. But the moment you see him with Kabu, I instantly was like, I, I gotta have that. I, I have to. It looks so badass. I love the whole samurai kind of aesthetic going on. It kind of reminds me of those lion dance things that are like bouncy and go up and down. I forget what the real technical term is for those things. I'm currently moving my arm in like some kind of wave motion as if that's gonna help explain things, but this is an audio format and that's not gonna, that's not gonna fly. But I also love how just fucking powerful Cenoscorch is. Like literally I only expected Cenoscorch to be my party for like maybe a few battles. And literally, literally since I got mine, he hasn't left. The only reason I've dropped him out of my party recently is because right now, currently, after endgame, I'm working on building my Pokedex, and that requires, like, wonder trading. I know that's not called that anymore in this game, but I'm still gonna call it wonder trading to, like, get Pokemon. I most likely wouldn't be able to catch on my own. Granted, it's a surprise, but I, I like that sort of thing, and, like, who knows, maybe... Someone will be cool enough to like wonder trade a shiny because that's happened before to me. And it's having room in your party to like catch Pokemon and be like, okay, I need to keep this Pokemon in my party just long enough to evolve it. And if I already have its final evolution, well, now I have to breed that Pokemon and have its eggs in my party. So I need space for that so that I can fulfill my decks that way. Also, on top of breeding to fill out my decks, I'm also breeding to hopefully get it shinies and or wonder trade trash. <laughs> like whatever's not a shiny, I'm just like, okay, cool. And now I'm gonna save you specifically to wonder trade so that I can hopefully get more new Pokemon. Like that's the only reason my Sun Scourge has left my party. I plan on having him rejoin once I get back into doing the main story. Cause even though I have finished the main game, there's still post-story that seems pretty relevant because most of the actual main story, I guess you could call it main story A, has a lot to do with like defeating gyms and the gym challenge itself. Whereas I guess you could call it main story B, post-game technically, actually is like, okay, now that you defeated the gyms, here's all this darkest day stuff we kind of had in the background. Just casually there while you're having fun beating people up. I can't wait to get back to the main story B and set their asses on fire with my Sun of Scorch. I want all Sun of Scorch merch. Something tells me we're not gonna get any. It's gonna be probably just focused on the starters and Wulu. Maybe some stuff that has to do with the legendaries. Probably not Eternia's because who wants a dead fish as a, a plushie or like a cute little merch thing? But, but honestly, that would be pretty great. <laughs> I already have plans to potentially make a scarf because I knit. 
that's a little hobby cute thing that I do on the side. And I always have some kind of project going, even if it's just to keep my hands busy while watching a show. Um, I do have plans, uh, maybe not for Center Scorch, but to make a scarf that sort of resembles its pre-evolution, which I should know, but I don't. Now I'm just curious and I have to look it up. Oh, that's cute! I'm sorry, I'm looking up the pre-evolution and I just happened to hop on Center Scorch's um, Cerebi page. I don't know how you say that word. I've never heard it out loud. But I, I, I am looking at its shiny form. And I love the blue. I love it. Contrasted with the uh, slightly lighter red. It's like a shade lighter <laughs> than it usually is. I am in love. Sizzlepee. That's what it's called. Yeah. Because I'm not sure if like the long whiskers on um, Cenoscorch would translate well. But Sizzlepeed might be a little easier to translate into scarf form. Now, I mentioned um, removing Cenoscorch from my main party. Y'all are probably curious what my main party is. I'm a bit surprised by what ended up being my main party in Sword and Shield. I never really have any sort of like thought process when it comes to who to set up as my main party. While I've been curious about getting into more competitive play, I've never really fully delved into it. It's just mostly, oh, what Pokemon do I feel um, do good? What Pokemon do I work well with? Also, the Pokemon looks cute as hell. That's also another bonus. The Pokemon that are in my main party that I also use to like fully complete the gym challenge are my Inteleon Neptune. I don't remember if I mentioned this early in the podcast, but I mostly picked an Inteleon slash Sobble slash... What was the middle one called? Like, Drizzle or something? Um, I mostly picked it because um, while I usually pick the Grass Starter, I'm not a big fan of monkeys, just as Pokemon. And while the Rabbit Starter is cute, I didn't think its um, other evolutions really had like that wow factor like I didn't really like them very much and uh, plus I have a soft spot for Mudkip that's like my favorite Pokemon slash favorite starter out of all the starters starters in existence so I figured why not let's just have my Mudkip Percy have like a little brother this time around and also mostly I keep Neptune I kept Neptune in my main story party just because it feels weird not to have your starter. I mean, I'm all for people just like grabbing a starter and being like, okay, cool, you're gonna be in box hell from from now on. But just as a narrative, I feel like I just have to include him and it also helps that Inteleon slash Neptune, Neptune's just badass. And it got even better with its new Gigantamax form where it's just like a freaking sniper. Like, there's your Pokemon gun right there. And he looks so sassy. Like he's just ready to murder you on the spot. Such great development from the little timid Sobble to this. Next, of course, I have my Cenoscorch heating pad is what I named him. Because he looks like, like he can just wrap him all around you, be good for the winter. 
I cannot stop talking about Center Scorch. I'm so sorry. But also, I love the idea of, like, I, I've seen fan art of this, like, countless times. And I can't get rid of the picture of just, like, a trainer just, like, riding a Center Scorch, like a skateboard or something. Or, like, two little sizzlepedes as, like, little tiny skates to just, like, ride around in. And like I mentioned before, another pretty good heavy hitter. Next, I have Fisty, <laughs> which is my, um, what, what, what is he even called? It's like the wrestler octopus thing. I didn't even know this existed until I got into, like, Melanie's ice little area. And I don't even know what drew me to this Pokemon. But I think it's pretty important to have uh, at least one fighting type on your team. Or at least someone who knows fighting type moves. Like for me and Sun, that was my Crawdont. Because I know I for sure had him with superpower. Also, his pre-evolution was pretty cute as hell as like this tiny little baby octopus with like giant boxing gloves. And the way Fisty moves is so ridiculous because you'd expect him to like actually walk. Because it's an upright octopus on the three, I guess, quote, quote, unquote, leg tentacles. But when you go into the Pokemon camp area, he actually just scuttles on all of them. And it's, it's like a weird, a weird rubbery spider. <laughs> Along with that, I have both uh, my Galarian Ponyta Almathea. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Honestly, I feel like such a fake fan because, like, I've never actually seen The Last Unicorn. But I feel like if I didn't name this Pokemon after the princess in The Last Unicorn, then I would be doing a huge disservice. And then I also have my, um, I forget its name. The, the final evolution of Hatterena. And because it just looks like a cute little pink blob with, like, hair covering its eyes, I named it after... The Steven Universe gem, Pataparacha. Again, I'm sorry if I'm saying these words wrong. But these are two psychic fairy types. They pretty much know the same moves. So really, I should only have just one of these. I could easily save a slot for like a totally different Pokemon. This is definitely an instance where I can just imagine... If anyone looks at my team, they're just like, Spacey, pick one. But y'all, I, I can't pick one. I just have to have both. They both look so majestic. I love them both to death. Every time I try and think like, okay, should I get rid of my Galarian Ponyta? Or Rapidash, I should say. Or the other one. Which one's better? They Again, they both have basically the same moveset, with the only difference that, like, my Galarian Rapidash has Heal Pulse, and instead of Heal Pulse, um, Patapal has Brutal Swing. Other than that, it's all pretty much the same thing. But whenever I try and think of a different Pokemon to, like, slide in there in their spot, I just can't decide at all. I mean, sometimes I have Berserker. Berserker was pretty cool to have during, like, the fairy challenge. It was a very strong one to, like, go up against all those fairy types in that, like, little foresty Feywild area. But, I don't know, for some reason, I just haven't felt the need to, like, throw him in my party. Like, he did his job, he he's good to go. 
he has done us a service, and some Pokemon just can't stay forever, you know? And the last slot in my party is Eternius. Eternius is a fresh surprise. I should have known going into Sword and Shield that there was going to be more legendaries than just magenta and, and blue sclues, but never did I expect it to just be a dead fish skeleton. Now I say it's just a dead fish skeleton, and either you might be thinking, oh wow, that's really lame, or like, wow, that's metal as fuck, and in Eternius' case, Eternius's case, it's the second thing, it's so fucking metal, it has a move called Dynamax Cannon, how can you not have this Pokemon in your party with something called Dynamax Cannon as a part of its whole thing? I think it's also a double typing. What is you? What is your type? Show me your type. Okay, yeah, it is a Poison and Dragon type. For a second, I almost thought it was like Dragon and Ghost, which would have made me even more happy, but it's fine. It's fine. It's got the Poison typing. At the time that I received it, I mostly just kept it in my party because I didn't have that many Dragon-type Pokemon. I still haven't picked up Appalin or and or evolved with it. <laughs> By the time this comes out, I hope I have. But like my efforts to find it in the wild and or get it through Wonder Trade have been proven effortless so far. And there's not meant that many other dragon types in the game, so it's like, fuck it, I need a dragon type. Come on, Eternius, come on down. You're the next contestant in The Price is Right. But you know, again, Eternius is a fucking powerhouse and has proven itself again and again and somehow has snuck its way as the highest leveled Pokemon in my party. You'd expect by now all of my Pokemon would be like, oh, all level 100s, but no. Eternius is the highest at either 71 or 72. The rest are all in their 60s, including Senescorch, and I feel so sorry for Senescorch. I promise I'll put you back in my party soon. Who knows, maybe my opinions will change once the DLC comes out, because with the DLC comes a whole new slew of Pokemon. Whole new Galarian forms, new Pokemon from previous games that are now going to be brought in here, but something tells me my love for Senescorch will never leave. But I should stop talking about Pokemon, or else this whole podcast is going to be about Pokemon specifically. Other things I've been into, um, I've been playing The Sims a lot. It seems like with The Sims, you only get two choices. You either turn it on, and then you're like, okay, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And then you turn it back off after you create your person. Or you create a person, and you get so involved in, like their whole routine and like their whole social life and everything that is just a rabbit hole that you've dug yourself into and you just can't leave and i'm at that point originally when i first booted up the sims 4 because i didn't know what else to do and i thought it would be a cool creative pro project i actually created most of the phantom thieves from persona 5. i even made a little uh, recreation of the cafe which is so spot on, or at least in my head it's so spot on. I, I'm so in love with how it turned out, even if it's not 100% how it is in the actual game, because I, I did have to make some changes, especially with the upstairs, 
because I needed room for um, everyone's beds because, like, everyone lived in the same house, not just um, Akira slash Ren slash whatever you call the protagonist. And I had to also include a basement because um, I also made Futaba. And I also, um, even though it was technically the basement of the house, I still did my best to recreate her bedroom as well. And what I did was I made protagonist Haru, Yusuke, and Mishima. And I made them all in a relationship because I had canon Akira in a polyamorous relationship with like the three of them. As I mentioned, I also made Futaba as Kira's biological sister because even though technically in the game you can romance them together, I totally see them as brother and sister. Also in a separate family, I made... Oh my god, I I said I made almost all the thieves and then I realized I actually made all the thieves. Okay, yeah, because I also made Ryuji and and Anne as brother and sister, because again, I had canon them as um, siblings. I made them in a separate house, except I don't think I made their house, like, any sort of specific way. And then I made um, Makoto and her sister. And for theirs, I, I did try my best to make it look as close to their apartment as I could, with obviously some creative changes since all you see is just the living room area and like with Ruiji and um and I just made them to like have in the world not really to like I mean obviously they're all friends with Akira but I don't really play with them as a household if that makes sense so I did that for a bit and then I kind of like lost touch with it I kind of like forgot I had the sims 4 and did other things for a while And then I think a sale happened, and I was like, oh, cool. Now they have vampires in the game. I love me some vampires. Let's make a vampire family. And I I did that. I made a vampire family. A brother and sister who were just the, the evilest little shits. And I made it sort of a thing where, like, their goal was to start this, like, grand vampire coven. And they were gonna bring humans in into the family specifically to have as like refrigerators like to feed off of and even though they had no choice like the humans were also like kind of into it as well like fuck yeah let me stay in this house with you in exchange for you drinking my blood like whatever and every time i explain this concept i always feel like i'm being a little off-putting because it is kind of dark in a way But because it's so different from like, oh yeah, I just made this house with this like regular ass family. Because it's uniquely different like that is kind of part of what like makes me keep going with it. Also, I've always been a fan of like darker storylines just in media in general. Like right now in this vampire storyline I have in The Sims, the sister vampire ended up dying because she was stupid enough to be outside out in the sun. Which I still can't believe because she was supposed to be the smart one while her brother was the idiot. There was actually a file where the brother died instead of her. But I ended up like retconning that myself because like it was still kind of fresh in the game. And I just didn't want to accept that he died. But then like when I got deep into the game the sister died via the same way and I'm like okay I'm not gonna change anything. This is gonna be part of the canon. Rest in peace. 
and it sucked because I was going to make her have a, uh, a lesbian mermaid girlfriend, and they were going to be so cute together, but I guess not. But it's okay because it's just more room to put into the vampire family. I also have a human that's a gardener that was um, the first human for them to feed off of, and this human has a girlfriend who moved into the family, and the human and his human girlfriend have four kids together, I'm pretty sure. They have three boys, one girl. The girl I'm going to keep in the family, specifically to make more human children for these vampires to feed off of. And I do have plans when he gets older for um, the second youngest boy to be turned into a vampire. Because the whole point of like having the humans woohoo and have children it was just so like the vampires could have enough blood and stuff. As I'm explaining this, I, I, I again, it feels like kind of dark and twisty and it feels weird to say out loud. But, like, my main vampire's goal is to have, like, a huge-ass coven of vampires and to be the leader of it. And, like, sure, there's only two of them right now. Was three before the sister died. But, like, if you're gonna build a coven, you need enough blood to exist. <laughs> you need enough blood to, like, supply your coven. And what better way to do that than to have the humans keep on fucking? Originally, I was gonna have the older brother, like the first child, like to stay and become a vampire. But the way he turned out was like kind of douchey and not really what I wanted. And the way the second child, like his personality was, was going, like within the narrative, it seems like he was the more intelligent of the children. Like maybe out of all the children, um, he would understand the most about like what was actually going on. And just be, like, curious about, like, the vampire lifestyle altogether. I know this is a lot to, like, think about and, like, describe, I guess. Because on one hand, I do realize, like, this is just The Sims 4. It, it's just a life simulator. But I like thinking this deeply about, about characters and just narratives in general. And again, like... These thoughts I have about this family is, is what keeps me playing, and I'm excited to see what is going to become of it, become of it once it's, like, no longer the first generation, once I'm, like, fully playing as the second generation, and, like, to see where the second generation's going to go, and the third, and the fourth. Alright, away from my fucked up Sims family legacy thing that's going on. Another thing I've been watching a lot of is RuPaul's Drag Race. For those of you who might not know what this is, which seems almost impossible now since it's like, seems to be so on the forefront of media and stuff, and social media especially. Or maybe I'm just like that deeply ingrained in the gay community that I just think it's that popular. I think I might have talked about this before on the podcast. But it might be one of my favorite shows. Like, I've always been a huge fan of, like, trashy reality TV shows. Regardless if it's 100% real or if it's fake, I love the drama. I love the creativity because a lot of those types of shows that I'm more heavily into 
has like a creative spin on it. It's not just like Big Brother where you throw people in a house and like shit happens. Shows like America's Next Top Model. I can't tell you how many seasons. I think growing up, there was one time I was at my grandmother's house, even though she hated the fact that I was obsessed with VH1 at the time, and they had a marathon that was like literally all of the seasons of America's Next Top Model. And I can't tell you like how many episodes I've watched of that, even though I just said it not all the shows I like are like this. I did have a Big Brother phase. It was just one season though, because I knew that if I watched any other seasons, then I would never stop. Also, there was a show on Food Network. It was like the great food truck race that had to do with like food trucks that were in a competition together. And it's just so neat, like getting this ensemble cast and picking or figuring out like which one you're rooting for and seeing like, oh, how far is this person going to go? Seeing them improve over time, or even if they don't improve, like being there with them as they struggle. And with RuPaul's Drag Race, it was one of the first forms of media that I remember consuming that was like primarily gay. And I remember being introduced to it when I was like freshly coming into my own with my own sexuality and gender. And yes, there are cat fights. Yes, yes, it can be overdramatic, but it is also one of the only shows, or at least one of the first shows I've seen where you see these people in the gay community being 100% themselves, being a platform, speaking about the issues and struggle struggles of being in the LGBT community that I can relate to, that other people out there can relate to. And even if you aren't in, in the LGBT community, it's a good way to um, basically be introduced and understand what we are going through. And on top of all that, just some of the looks they pull out on the show are so goddamn gorgeous. Sure, there are some looks that don't turn out, some looks that are just kind of out there and you can't help but laugh, but also there is something like really glamorous on top of the campiness of the show. Granted, RuPaul herself is pretty problematic. I'm not a fan of RuPaul as a person, especially since I am trans and her feelings about trans people kind of aggravate me and by kind of I mean they do but I don't watch for RuPaul. RuPaul's just the host. I uh, mostly just watch for the queens themselves that come on the show and all the diversity within the cast and there is kind of a sense of family when you watch these queens get together and it really shows you how multifaceted the gay community really be. And I think it's an important show to watch. Granted, aside from some of the uh, problematic things that are kind of behind it. By now, I've seen every season besides the first three, including the All-Stars. But that's because, like, for the longest time, it was impossible to find the first three seasons. But now I guess that's different. Now I guess that's wrong. Because recently I looked on Prime Video and it's like, oh, hey, seasons one through three, one for, for three are free now if you have Prime Video. Sorry, I guess that was a hard sentence to say. 
So at some point, I do plan on watching seasons one through three, even All-Stars one, because that's another one I missed out on just because of accessibility. But I'm not sure if I should, because <laughs> those are like the really problematic seasons from what I've heard. Those are like the early seasons, but if I don't, it feels kind of like blasphemous. I'm really excited for the 12th season. I got a few queens that my eye are on. I got my eyes on Britta, Gigi Good, Crystal Method. I feel like I might like Jan, but I don't think she's gonna win at all, honestly. I feel like she's just gonna be a fun little ride. I did also watch the UK season that came out recently. And Cheryl Hole is now one of my favorites. <laughs> I don't care if she didn't win. I don't care if she probably should have left like earlier than she did. It was her personality is just so cute and and fun. Even if she's not in a look that's like completely look put together, there's just something about her that's like selling you it. Like, the little outfit she had with, like, the little rubber gloves and, like, the hair done up. Kind of like Isabel from Animal Crossing. It wasn't as good as the other outfits, but also it was so cute. Like, there's no way you couldn't vote for her. But while those girls are the ones that I'm kind of looking at the most, Jada, though, her outfit was fucking lit as hell from the Meet the Queen segment I saw. Her outfit was the one that caught my the most, so I feel like she might be competition for the others. I debated doing podcast segments on Drag Race because I feel like it's kind of a niche thing and I don't know if anyone else would like hearing about it, but like Drag Race is one of those shows where like I actively get into it. I kind of tone it down if like other people are in the room, but there's some times where like I would just be talking to myself as the show is going on, like yelling at the screen as like a fight's happening, arguing with the judges out loud as if I know anything about fashion or couture, and like screaming when someone turns it out like 100% good. So I feel like the podcast might be a good outlet for that. And, like, expressing my feelings as each episode happens. Uh, let me know on Twitter and stuff if, if you would enjoy that. Go ahead and at me, at SpacyGhost. I think it's, like, technically Spacey underscore Ghost or something. Before this episode goes on for a bit too long, or I just end up talking your ear off about Drag Race in general, or Pokemon... <laughs> That's just what I've been doing while on this like short little hiatus. Hopefully I can keep better up with this podcast. But again, with how my work schedule is, along with my roommates and stuff, it's like almost impossible to release new shit. Like I've said, I don't want to completely drop the podcast because I like just kind of rambling, possibly incoherent sentences to y'all as I talk about the things I enjoy and the things that I'm into. Hopefully there are more times in the future where I can sit down and do this. Let me know if there are any topics y'all want me to cover. I do st still plan on doing a tarot episode of the podcast. I just, while one was recorded in the past, I feel like just completely redoing it. Well, one, I have a better mic now. And two, I feel like I could say things better <laughs> than I did 
when I first recorded it. And the thing that I recorded, I did a little session during the podcast that is almost a year old now, so it's kind of like old information, or at least an old representation of myself, because, you know, life happens, life changes, as does tarot and its readings. I kind of want to get back into the anime podcast, because, you know, this is the anime slash whatever podcast, but maybe not as intense, because while I enjoy breaking down seasons as they come out, there's that that's a shit ton of anime i don't have enough time for that also as me and my roommates have finally com- completed and caught up with all of the current miraculous ladybug episodes i've always had thought to do a miraculous ladybug thing on the podcast so maybe me, me and my roommates can sit down and talk about that with y'all hopefully before season four comes out but until then email me at spaceyghostbusiness at gmail.com Do I have anything on it? I should probably check. It's been literally since VidCon 2019 that I've checked it. So watch, there be like a shit ton of stuff. Honestly, I've only stopped checking it because like I was getting nothing. Nothing against you guys. But like after a while, you're like, okay, no one's sending anything, so... What's the point? Oh, yeah. Yeah, other than YouTube just being like, oh, we changed your terms of service, there's like nothing in the Gmail. But I would love to hear from you in the Gmail if you have any opinions of what you want to hear, if you have anything specifically you want me to talk about. Or you could also, like I said, at me on Twitter, at SpaceyGhost. Spacey underscore ghost, I should say. It's been so long since I did this, I forgot what my outro is. So, yeah. Stay in school. Don't do drugs. Or if you are, do them safely, I guess. Until next time, I'll see y'all sometime in the future. Bye.